Welcome to Chase Hopes. We're so glad that you're here. Wherever you're watching from, I believe that today's message is going to add value to your life. We have been in a series called Solid. We started off Mother's Day weekend talking about what it looks like to be a solid parent. And then uh, last week we talked about what it looks like to have solid thinking. Uh, today I want to talk to you about what it looks like to just be solid personally. I don't know if somebody's ever asked you, hey, how you doing? You said, you said to them, solid. Now, I don't know what, if, if we were feeling the opposite of solid, if we would say, I feel shaky. Like, I've never heard anybody say that out loud to me. You know, no one just comes out right away and just goes, having a shaky day, what about you? Like, nobody, nobody says that, but the reality is, a lot of people find themselves in that situation, don't they? I mean, a lot of people can't seem to have solid relationships. A lot of people can't seem to have a solid job. A lot of people can't seem to have solid finances. And here's what I want you to know this weekend. Even if you don't have solid circumstances, you can be solid personally. You can be solid yourself, even when everything around you might be shaky. I think that is at the essence of what it means to be a Christian is somebody that is truly solid. Now, when I talk about being a Christian, a lot of things might come to mind for you. Like when you think of what is the definition of being a Christian, what comes to mind? My brother asked this question on Facebook once and he got 185 comments. Okay, different people trying to define for them. Hey, this is what I think it looks like to be a Christian. And here's what I've discovered. I actually looked this number up because I was just curious. And it, this is very interesting. Did you know that there are 13,000 different denominations in America? Which would lead me to say this. If someone were to say, I'm a Christian, I would respond with, what kind? I mean, ultimately, isn't that the question? Because you're going, it, 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 it can be represented in 13,000 different ways to make. So if someone is trying to understand the brand of Christianity, if I wasn't a Christian, I think I would be pretty confused. I would be looking around going, well, well what is it that Christians are really going to hang their hat on? I mean, ultimately, the question I want to answer in the next few moments that we have together is this. What's the goal line for being called a solid Christian? I mean, what what does what does that really mean? I love when I'm talking to my single friends and uh, they're dating somebody and I ask them this question. Are, are they a Christian? They go, well, I mean, they go to church. I'm like, do they go to Chipotle? That doesn't make them a burrito. What do you mean? Are they a Christian or not? Are they are they a solid Christian? Well, well, what do you what, what, talk to me? What, what is that? What does that really mean? I, I want to unpack uh, just a, a couple of verses that I think can give us a goal line. And I love what uh, Paul says in First Corinthians. He says, for now, we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries as though reflected in a mirror. But one day we will see face to face my understanding is incomplete now, but one day I will understand everything, just as everything about me has been fully understood. At this point in time, the Apostle Paul is going, hey, here's the deal. There's a lot of things that I just don't know. But one day that will be revealed. But until then, in the meantime, here are the things that I'm going to hang my hat on. There are three things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. 
what I want to do this weekend is I want to look at those three areas of our life. I think these three areas make up uh, areas for us to be able to evaluate. How solid are we in our faith? How solid are we in our hope? How solid are we in our love? And what I want to look at them as, as tanks, because I, I, I can see that sometimes they go up, sometimes they go down, just depending on the circumstances. And the first thing that we're going to look at is, well, one, our faith. I, I want to I ask you this question. How's your faith tank? How's your faith? Like right now, 2021, how is your faith? I think there are four options of the way that you can answer this question. For some of us, if we're honest, it's gone. We lost it. Something happened. And it just went away. Some of us lost our faith over a breakup. Some of us lost our faith in a pandemic. Some of us lost our faith in an election. Some of us lost our faith because of the economy. I mean, if you could just be honest about where you are with your faith, how is it? Because it's pretty easy in 2021 to lose it altogether. Another option for some of us is just stagnant. It's just it's not going anywhere. It's in, in one place. Perhaps you lost your spiritual rhythm over the last 365 days. And it's just, it's not going anywhere. It's just neutral. For some of us, it's fading. It's diminishing. It seems like every time we open our phones or every time we have a conversation with someone, we can just feel like it's just dwindling away. And then there are some of us in the room, some of us that are watching, that would say, you know what, my, my faith is growing. And I believe all of us have to wrestle this to the ground to go, you know what, okay, how do I get to that growing space? And how do I remain growing in my faith? What I want you to understand is this. The greatest enemy of our faith is fear. The greatest enemy of our faith is fear. And the reality around faith and fear is both of them are fed. Do you know that almost everything you're doing on a daily basis is feeding fear or faith? This is happening on a regular basis. They're fed. Think about it. Uh, it's often called a news feed. It is feeding us some sort of information and something happens to us when we get that information. Here's what I know about you and here's what I know about me. It takes very little work to feed our fear, right? Because all you got to do is turn on your TV. Like, that, that ain't hard. Bam. And right away, you could be fed fear. And it takes great intentionality to feed our faith. That takes actual work. Like, that's a person that's waking up and going, I don't want my faith to be stagnant, and I don't want to lose my faith. So today, I'm going to do something about it. I found that there are two things that influence our faith or fear the most, our schedule and our friends. You might be saying, schedule? Well, I, I want you to, to think of it like this. Um, what did you spend the last 30 days doing? Um, they, statistically speaking, the average churchgoer attends church once a month. Okay, Let's just say you're amazing and you're like one of those three weekend people. Okay, like That's, that's incredible. Okay, Well, 
If you're looking at your calendar, what are you doing the other 27 days? I mean, just I mean, if we were to just analyze our schedules just for a moment, wherever you are, wherever you're watching, I just want you to answer this question this weekend. Where's God in this? Because this is what most of our schedules look like on some level or another, and especially when you got kids. My, my kids' stuff isn't even on my schedule, but I know it's there. It's always present, some way, somehow. Yet, I have to pause myself and go, where's, where's God in all this? Where did I make time for God? What are you doing? Outside of church to feed your faith. What are you doing outside of church to feed your faith? I want, I want you to answer this. What are you listening to? What are you listening to? What are you watching? Dare I say, what are you serving? All of these things contribute to the status of our soul. And all of these things can contribute to your faith. I know people who wake up and all, all that they're fed all day long is bad news. And sometimes it's not just bad news. Sometimes they're following people that all have bad attitudes. And before you know it, they can find themselves having the exact same thing. So we talked about the schedule. Well, what about friends? I mean, the people that you're surrounded by the most. I mean, what do, do our friends encourage us to do the most. You know, I, I got some friends right now. You know what they're encouraging me to do the most? Um, invest in crypto. That's what they're trying to get me to do right now. Okay, like they're, they're all in, okay? And they're like, this week, they're all depressed. And I'm like, listen, dude, I, I, I don't know if I can get on this roller coaster with you. But, but you start to think about, all right, um, what about those friends that are very, very intentional? You, you want to know what a really, really, really great friend asked me to do? Um, April and October are typically really, really busy months for me because they're conference seasons for corporate America and church. And so um, those months are just absolutely insane. And I was at the airport in Orlando on the phone with a friend and he said, hey, you need a vacation. I went, man, I'll do that. He goes, yeah, you're going to do that in two weeks. And I'm like. But how? Because I got I got stuff to do. I got a job. I got jobs. OK, I got put like like, what do you mean? He's like, you figure it out. And I'm so grateful that he encouraged me to do something that actually helped replenish my faith. At some point, we have to ask ourselves, not do we just have friends that encourage us. That help propel our faith. But at some point, we have to answer this question. Are we the friends that help other people? With their faith. Because it's easy to point the finger at somebody else and go, you're not a good friend. But it's another thing to look in the mirror and go, am I a good friend? Am I helping their faith? Or are we just talking about sports and the stock market? The second area, the second tank, if you will, that I want to look at is hope. Hope. Like, how's your hope tank? When I use the word hope, what I think about is, the ability to look forward positively, to be able to look in the future and go, we could be all right. I love what Hebrews chapter six, verse 19 says. It says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. You know, what's interesting 
is that oftentimes we will have a theology based around God exempting us from the storms of life. But in this scripture, he's going, no, no, you're going you're gonna to need an anchor. Why would you need an anchor if you weren't going to be going through a storm? Some of us have lost hope because we just didn't get what we wanted. Some of us didn't get what we prayed for. And we just lost hope. What would you do if I told you you could get it back and you could find yourself in a very, very, very dark season and still have hope? I love what the Apostle Paul said in Romans 15. It says this uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his super abundance until you radiate with hope. Do you know who's writing this? It's the Apostle Paul, who wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. There is nothing about the Apostle Paul's life that any of us would be envious of. Not one thing. There's nothing going on in his life to go, ooh, I want that. I mean, if you ever just take a moment and read 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, the Apostle Paul will actually give you his resume of everything that he has been through for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when we look at that, we would go, well, I thought I was having a bad day until I read 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And what we find is that the man that went through the most still had an anchor for his soul, still had something deep down inside his belly that says, we good. He had something inside of him that says, I have lost hope. And I have an uncontainable joy while writing letters to churches from prison. Are you serious? And some of us will get so sad and so down because we didn't get the right interest rate on our mortgage. And I'm just going, maybe you missed an opportunity, but you'll be all right. We're talking about a man that has been through literal hell and is still going. Uncontainable joy and hope is available to you, right Where you are, this is not a king that is writing these words. No, this is a person that has been through the darkest of days. In 1871, uh, there was a businessman and lawyer from Chicago um, named uh, Horatio uh, Spafford. Uh, He had five children. And uh, their youngest son uh, passed away of pneumonia, leaving them with four children. Uh, him and his family planned to uh, go um, over to Europe on a uh, French uh, ocean liner. And as they were going over to Europe, the trip would take a, uh, roughly about uh, nine to ten days. Um, I believe it was around day four, um, they crashed into uh, another Irish iron ship. And they had about 12 minutes before um, their ocean liner would eventually sink. And um, it took about 276 passengers Um, that lost their lives that day. Um, Sailors were coming by, and they find a woman who is um, floating on the wreckage. And um, the wife survived, but all four of her children died that day. Um, They eventually got to Wales, and she sent a message. Obviously, this is in the 1800s. And so she uh, sends a telegram to her husband and said, "What what what shall I do? I survive alone. 
and he instantly grabbed uh, his stuff and, and began to make the trip over to Wales to be with his wife. And at one point, the captain of this new ship that he was on said, hey, I want you to know this is the spot where the ship went down, where you lost most of your family. And in that moment, Horatio wrote this. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul, it is well with my soul, it is well, it is well with my That is my prayer for every single person under the sound of my voice. I don't know where things are with you relationally. I don't know where things are with you financially. I don't don't know where things are in your career. I don't know if you're satisfied with where you are in life. But my hope and prayer is that it would be well with your soul. Does your soul have an anchor this weekend? That through the darkest of days, you have something to hold on to. Something that makes you solid. How's your hope this weekend? If you're trying to evaluate where you are, if, you're, if you really want to be solid personally, I hope you have an anchor for your soul. The last area that I think we can measure, the last area that I think we can evaluate to say, okay, how are we doing? How can I consistently be growing? How can I find myself in a solid place personally? The area of love. I mean, how is your love tank? When I ask the question, how is your love tank? I'm talking about your capacity to show compassion to other people. I'm talking about your capacity to be able to reach out to other people because if we're honest, some of us just get tired. Some of us just get exhausted from loving our neighbor. Some of us just get tired of always being the one to apologize. Some of us just get weary. We just go, listen, I'm just... I'm tired of being the only person that's generous. I'm tired of being the only person that's picking up the tab. I mean, how is your love tank? I'm talking about that ability to lay down your own desires for the sake of other people. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13 says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Before that... It says this, it says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. In other words, love is never asking the question, what's in it for me? But if we're honest, aren't most of our romantic relationships about what's in it for me? I was talking with a friend the other day, they were like, hey. I'm so glad I got this guy. He's my complete list. Oh, I wrote out a list. I had 47 things. And guess what? He checked off every box on the list. I thought, man, that's amazing. Are you his list? Like, did you match all 47? Because if, if you're not, sounds like a really great deal for you. But I don't know. About him. I mean, think about it. For most of us, we're thinking about the expectation that we're putting on somebody else. But love is not self-seeking. So if you're looking for an area in your life where you could grow spiritually and really be solid, I'd start here. So just go, 
how much of my work relationships, how much of my romantic relationships are centered around what other people can do for me. I mean, name the last time you heard a single person say, you know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for somebody that I can serve the rest of my life. Maybe last time you heard somebody say that. Oh, yeah, I just can't wait to serve somebody else. But that's how great marriages work. It's two people waking up going, what can I do for you? Because I'm not going to be self-seeking. How's your love tank? How much of your world is you waking up going, what can the world do for me? Versus being a person that says, what can I do for the world around me? I love what Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 35. He says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Jesus is going, hey, if, if, we're, if, if, we're, if we're having a marketing meeting, just everybody come in really fast. All right, we're putting some things on the whiteboard. Okay, um, this, is, this is what we're going to hang our hat on like, like love. This is what everyone's going to know us by. This is the tagline. This is you, you pick the color schemes. OK, like I wore a purple slash slash that you think I wore. But whatever. Purple, red, blood, whatever. I don't care. But love. So this is this is what we should be known for. But if you were to just ask your friends, your family members. That wouldn't consider themselves church people that definitely wouldn't consider themselves Christians. How many of them would go? Yep. Yep, Christians, yeah, that group of people that show a crazy amount of love for other people. Yep, that group of people that they're just, they're just not in it for, for themselves. Yeah, those people. Can you imagine if we were a community of people that had the utmost faith, that had hope in the darkest of times, that had anchors for our souls, and we weren't self-seeking? I think you and I have an opportunity to rebrand Christianity in our neighborhoods, at our schools, at our jobs, just by exhibiting faith, hope, and love that is so uncommon, that is so uncanny, that people, people at your job, people in your neighborhood, people at the grocery store, people, they just don't, they just, they just usually don't do that. Man, I... My hope and prayer for each and every one of us is that we'd be solid. That when we look at all three of these areas, whether it's your faith tank, your hope tank, or your love tank, that this weekend you would say, Spirit of God, fill me up. Maybe, maybe this weekend's a mile marker for you where you say, you know what? I, I'm, I need to change some things. I need to get very, very intentional. I need to put some things on my calendar to say, you know what, I want to be strategic about feeding my faith. I'm going to pick up a book. I'm going to start listening to a podcast that's encouraging my faith. I can only imagine the difference that you and I could make in the world around us if we truly said, you know what, Lord, help us to truly be solid in these areas. And may we be people that perhaps rebrand Christianity in the world around us. God, thank you so much for each and every person uh, watching this message. God, I, 
I pray that we would make so much space for you, God. I pray that we would never find ourselves in neutral or even walking away from you. I pray, God, that we would truly be able to say that we're solid, even when our circumstances are not. That we would truly be able to say that we're solid, even when our finances are not. That we would truly be able to say that we're solid, even when our businesses are not. And you do something for us that truly lifts our souls. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.